Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, July 11th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has COVID, what that means for the Democrats' agenda. Number two, we've got the latest on tomorrow's January 6th hearing. And number three, a roundup on the campaign ad front. All right, Jake. Let's get to it. Uh, Last night, the news broke that Schumer has COVID, mild symptoms, his office is saying, but still in a 50-50 Senate. uh, Every vote counts, in particular, the uh, majority leaders when he's trying to get reconciliation off the ground. Yeah, I have no doubt that Schumer is going to be working. Uh, um, He is uh, uh, in what appears to be constant contact with everybody in his caucus. He loves the phone. He loves the phone. Loves that flip phone. It's time for him to move on from the flip phone. If you're, if you were asking me, but then again, no one is asking me. Um, So yeah, listen, I think that he, the bigger problem here is that um, it's, there's only a couple weeks in July, uh, three weeks in July. um, And, you know, not being in person has impact. I mean, it just does. And not being in the Capitol in person is not a is not a great thing for Schumer. Uh, and and from a practical standpoint, remember, uh, Pat Leahy, Democratic senator from Vermont, uh, is also out. He said he would be available for votes this week if needed. But that is um, those are two peop two Democrats who are not in. Washington this week, uh, or not in the Capitol this week, and um, that could be problematic for Democrats, especially as they try to get this reconciliation deal across the finish line. I mean, this is a, they were, obviously they weren't going to do it this week, but still, uh, not a great start to the month of July for Democrats, I would say. Yeah, especially when you look at, to your point, right, this this bill isn't ready for prime time yet, right? You know, we've started to see some of the contours of what a scale down, what we are calling, or you're calling, I think, Bill Back Mansion, uh, yes. which is a $1 trillion reconciliation package. But there's still significant hurdles here, right, when it comes to uh, the progress they have made that still doesn't mean that there is a deal. Uh, you know, Schumer has already, of course, submitted that Democrat-drafted Medicare prescription drug pricing proposal to the Senate parliamentarian for review. Um, but there's a lot that is still left unresolved when it comes to taxes uh, that kind of pass through income for small business owners who make more than $400,000 annually. Uh, there's also no global minimum tax agreement, uh, big challenges when it comes to enhanced premium subsidies for Obamacare enrollees. I mean, plus, we haven't even talked about the other kind of elephant in the room, which is Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. And where does she stand? Yeah. And furthermore, the, the she's she. So let's start with her. She's been um, uh, against tax increases. Now, tax increases are in the eye of the beholder. It depends how you how you uh, uh, define it. That's that's the reality with that. But furthermore, when this thing gets to the House of Representatives, um, I, it's going to be difficult. I mean, there are a lot of people who are a lot of Democrats who have said they will not take uh, large, they will not accept large scale tax uh, changes to the tax code without changes to SALT, the state and local tax deduction. 
Um, so we'll have to see how that how that shakes out. And also, my larger question is, what will they want to take a political risk? Um, just you know, a hundred something days before the election, and I don't know the answer to that. It's going to be something to watch for sure, and also, of course, just always putting a pin in it. I mean, then that also comes into into the big question too of what happens with Yusika, right? You've had Republicans and Democrats working on this issue of kind of bolstering the non-existent U.S. semiconductor uh, industry and manufacturing here in the states for months and months and months and has been one of the kind of bright areas where uh, you know both Democrats and Republicans have said, hey, we can work together on this. This is important. And now uh, because Democrats are pushing this reconciliation package, you've seen that new renewed threat by Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to tank the USICA legislation in general. Um that has is also going to be something that's going to be very fascinating to watch play out here as McConnell takes this very hardline stance where, you know, there's been a lot of work, but still, as we've also, you know, kind of noted here many times that as much as they've been negotiating that for quite a while, they are nowhere near uh, a final package. They are not. And furthermore, um, one of the things we're going to be watching this week is... Republicans who were for Yusika, the John Cornyns, Todd Youngs, those kinds of people who have been very involved and very motivated on that front. Um, are they comfortable with this threat? That's something we're going to be asking about this week. All right, let's move to the number two story of the morning. Uh, a look inside tomorrow's January 6th hearing. Our colleague Heather Cagle is very dialed in on this issue and uh, kind of sets up the week nightly uh, nicely. Uh, basically, just as a reminder, kind of zoom out. This is its seventh hearing that the committee is going to be Focus, uh, going to be holding tomorrow, focusing heavily on the violent mob that stormed the Capitol, how they were summoned to Washington by former President Donald Trump and the far right extremists who coordinated the attack. Um, the select committee has not yet released witnesses for its hearing, but uh, NBC has reported that a former spokesperson for the Oath Keeper, a right wing militia group, will testify. Yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, this is uh, uh, theoretically heading to the end. Uh, also interesting in Heather's item this morning, um, it seems pretty clear that Pat Cipollone's testimonies, the testimony that he gave on Friday, is going to play a part in this uh, in this hearing now. Play a of part, course, meaning the former White House counsel, Trump's yes, former, just, exactly. just to put in the context for folks who aren't yes, following so, quite as closely as we are. Sorry about that. Uh, yes, that is right. And... Um, he testified on Friday under uh, he was under subpoena and um, it, Heather reports that it's likely that that testimony is going to be played in the hearing on Tuesday. That'll be very interesting to watch. Then there's a hearing on Thursday as well at this point, we, as we reported last week. So um, that will be uh, uh, interesting to watch another week where this is going to grab a lot of attention, a lot of oxygen. And just to, to before we move on, I mean, the other thing that that is really outstanding here, here is what about Steve Bannon? Uh, you know, the the committee has subpoenaed him to testify and Bannon informed the committee over the weekend that he's willing to testify after Trump waived, waived executive privilege uh, that most panel members said didn't even exist in the first place, of course. 
Uh, this is a big deal, but it's a, a huge about face for Ban- from Bannon as he's heading to trial next week on criminal contempt charges of Congress for defying the panel's subpoena. If convicted, he would face up to two years in jail and significant fines. He also needs to be turning over quite a few documents. Um, And Bannon's lawyer told our good friend Kyle Cheney yesterday that he does intend to comply with the document request. So certainly later than the committee had wanted, but you start to see the the teeth uh, of these subpoenas uh, when the DOJ is willing to enforce them. Yeah, when when he might be going to prison (laughs) is the main thing. Um, And... Uh, I mean, listen, they're pretty far down the road here in this investigation. I don't know how I can't imagine they're going to want Bannon to testify publicly. We'll have to see, I suppose. Um, but right. that It shows it does show that it shows the fact that um, this committee does have does have sway and does have import. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. I mean, I guess I could be surprised here, but I'd be surprised if he ends up testifying publicly. All right, let's go to the number three item of the morning. We've got a roundup on the campaign. Um, Really interesting, some news with frontline representative Dan Kildee, the Democrat from Michigan, up with his second ad of the cycle touting his support from Michigan Farmers. It's a 30-second spot featuring the story of a fourth-generation farmer who says Kildee, quote-unquote, has our back. It also says that the Michigan Farm Bureau AgriPAC endorsed Kildee. Uh, interesting, just as a look to how Democrats in tough campaigns uh, are focused on rural issues and the lack of partisan appeals reflects just you know how they're trying to um, get, get support here in what is expected to be a very, very difficult cycle. Yeah, uh, the, pair this with the um, uh, with this story in Politico this morning that the, uh, was something that we've been um, writing about for some time, which is House Republicans are marching deeper into uh, Democratic terrain. I mean, Democrats are finding more and more of their members uh, up for uh, up in races. To be honest with you, and uh, and is is that is. Um, it's, this is a troubling sign for Democrats. I mean, I again, we're a hundred and um, how many days? Hundred nineteen to be exact. Hundred nineteen days until election day, and um, members are beginning to find themselves in political peril. And uh, people who might not have thought they were in political peril are finding themselves in political peril. So um, uh, it is. It's just this is the, this is the time of the cycle, and you're, a lot of members are finding themselves uh, surprised by their political standing. All right, and with that, I just want to remind you all that tomorrow morning at nine a.m., I'm going to be interviewing Representative Brad Sherman, the Democrat from California, about all things capital markets and regulation. It comes at a very interesting time to have this conversation with what's happening with in the space of crypto, what's happening with uh, the SEC, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley getting, reaching its 20-year anniversary. Um, so you can RSVP to watch that virtually uh, at our events hub at punchbowl.news. And with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Please share uh, about The Daily Punch. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at Punchbowl News uh, at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.